Being scooped up by a guy caught in head-to-toe leather is a long-time fantasy of mine, so thanks. Hartley Rathaway, prodigal son. He has returned. I was thinking of calling myself Pied Piper. Hey, I assigned the nicknames around here. He's using some kind of sonic technology. There's been a pipeline breach. Hartley doesn't think I paid for my crimes. It's time to pay the Piper. to Flashing Arrow, Cinema Geekly's Flash slash Arrow podcast. Each week, Glenn and I sit down and discuss the DC double shot on the CW network. Uh, Glenn, you uh, you told me just before we started recording here, well, not just before we started recording, because we've been talking for about 25 minutes before we started recording, but uh, right when I called you up, you said you just finished The Flash for this week. I, uh, I did. Okay, so The Flash took place a day before the episode of Arrow did. I'm presuming it was the sour taste in your mouth from last week's episode of The Flash that uh, that that had you put it off for so long. As, I put as it off until literally the last hour. So, yeah, <laughs> just I looked at it. I was about to hit play last night because I knew I could only watch Arrow or Flash. And I was like, well, considering I'm going to enjoy Arrow, I'll probably just watch this instead. Yeah, here's the thing. I. I was looking at it from one of two perspectives. That was the first perspective. The other perspective was, well, maybe he just wanted it to be freshest in his mind since it's the first thing we're going to be talking about. Um, and then I quickly dismissed that and just assumed that it was because he wanted to put it off. Um, so we're talking season one, episode 11 of The Flash called The Sound and the Fury. I will say this uh, before we start talking about it. I, I am positive that it was a better episode than Revenge of the Rogues, which I hated. It was a better episode than a lot of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a totally fine episode. I don't know. Here we go. We're going to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> we uh, we get our first peek into the home of Doctor Harrison Wells, uh, and uh, he is he's walking around the joint. Obviously, we don't get to see him doing that very much because he's busy lying to all of his colleagues um, about not just not just about his ability to walk, but you know that he's a super villain. Or something along those lines. Now, he can't just walk. He moves really fast. Oh, yes. Very fast, in fact. <laughs> uh, almost in a flash, you could say. Uh, anyway, he gets a, a threatening call from an unidentified person before having to use his super speed to move out of the way of his glass ceiling shattering around him. Uh, everybody shows up. Eventually, uh, Barry, in his not-flash form, he's just showing up in his uh, police department role, uh, and uh, the good doctor tells Barry that he knows exactly who it was. It was Hartley Rathaway, who is a character in the books as well, called the Pied Piper. He does not have a flute, however, uh, in this episode, as best I can tell. Um, did he use... He used, uh, did he, I wonder if he really used music in the books. Like they, they mentioned the, under the abilities, it's expert in sonic technology. Uh, he does not have a hypnotic flute though. He has like gloves or something meant like, uh, 
like gauntlets or something that he wears uh, on his hands that I think produce all of the Sonic stuff, um, which is weird. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, anyway, he he tells him that it is this guy, Hartley Rathaway, who is a former douchebag of his. Uh, <laughs> he's a big jerk. Um, Hartley, be, uh, we, we catch up with Hartley who starts attacking his family's business with these sonic blasts. And then Barry arrives just in time to stop him. And he does so quite easily. Uh, here's the thing, Glenn, with this guy, uh, he calls himself, he's like, I'm calling myself the Pied Piper. And I'm like, why? I mean, I know in the books, Hartley Rathaway is a character called the Pied Piper, but that's because he plays a, a flute that I'm guessing gets things to do things uh, at his whim, which is why that name is apt. But here he just has gloves that shoot waves of sonic energy that destroy things. That is not what a Pied Piper is uh, at all. Um, He needs a better name. I think Cisco at one point tells him, like, it's a good name, but he's the one that comes up with the names or whatever. And I disagreed with him 100%. It is a terrible name for what he does. His name should Well, he does use a flute in the comics. He well, yes yes but not here at all like no. it's well maybe he hasn't used the flute yet I mean maybe maybe Hasbro would jump in on this but he should just call himself like Soundwave or something like that I mean there could be an <laughs> issue with Transformers I don't know uh, but it is a terrible name given how he is portrayed in this episode uh, anyway Doctor Wells reveals that Hartley warned him uh, when they were still working together that the particle accelerator could explode ahead of time but Wells chose to risk it for the potential rewards. Um, do they ever discuss what the rewards of this working would have been? No, they don't. They just say rewards. Okay. Um, so, uh, Cisco pretty kind of quickly learns that Hartley is, is pulling a Loki here and intentionally got busted. Uh, so he could get inside star lab so he could steal the information, uh, that he needs, uh, including, uh, the uh, the proper frequencies of Barry's molecule so he could use that against him to kill him. Uh, of course, they uh, Hartley sets up a trap. Barry falls for it. The trap is triggered, and Barry is being killed while uh, the, the, essentially the sonic waves are uh, shredding his organs, right, internally or whatever. He's in agonizing pain. Uh, Dr. Wells, in the meantime, taps into, it says here, a satellite, but let's let's be more specific. He specifically taps into satellite radio in people's cars (laughs) and uses that to develop an alternative frequency to disable Hartley's weapons. Um, Also on a sidebar here, uh, Joe West and Eddie start an investigation into Dr. Wells. Uh, Hartley, now imprisoned back in the particle accelerator, reveals to Cisco that he knows where Ronnie is and how to save him. And in uh, Dr. Wells' secret room, he uses uh, the tachyon technology um, that I believe was acquired in a previous episode to uh, temporarily recharge his speed force energy, Glenn. Um, mm. Yeah, what did you think of the sound in the furry? Uh, it wasn't that bad. I actually thought it was okay. And as yeah, bad of a joke... turned into Mario there for a minute. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, no, 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 it's okay, you know? Uh, it's, uh, it's not the bad. <laughs> With the no, it, ponies. <laughs> It was uh, it was okay. It wasn't the, it wasn't great by any means. But no, I thought it was passable. There were there were things I enjoyed, um, especially 
Joe West, really obvious, cliche, horrible joke, and I know I should feel ashamed, but I laughed pretty hard when Barry asked him, it must have been really hard, and he just says, yeah, to be this damn handsome, like, <laughs> I don't I don't know why. That's like but... a dad joke, that's like a dad joke, though. I know, and it, it's, it's so bad, but God, I just, I lost it, I cracked up so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I th- again it just shows like he can just deliver these crap lines no and I, that was the other thing is i i really like i really like the joe west and barry stuff in this episode even though it wasn't you know it was kind of towards the end and it was yeah. like super cheesy uh i did enjoy it and and it really started and now i really am interested in wells now there's like so many things going on i'm like mm-hmm. it's kind of like lost like there's too many things I need answers to right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, they just keep adding more and more shadows. And I don't understand how like you can get more shadows with showing that much light, but right. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm okay with the, uh, by, uh, by everything I've heard, the Pied Piper character is a really forgettably bad character. Yeah. From the comic books. And they made him, uh, a totally fine disposable villain. Uh, in this episode, uh, this guy was a, a prick that nobody liked. Uh, he was a jerk to one of the most likable people on the show, being Cisco Ramon. Uh, <laughs> he, I mean, Cisco can be a little annoying at times, but for the most part, he gets all of the best nerdy jokes and stuff. Um, he was a complete prick. Uh, he, they, they took the character, they took away the thing that would have made him absolutely ridiculous and and made it you know, for the most part, fairly plausible within this universe. Like, it would have been laughably bad had they done a direct adaptation of Pied Piper from the books. Uh, It would have just been really bad. But, you know, it's not like they're... I mean, we've talked about it in the past. They have teased Gorilla Grodd, which is also kind of laughably goofy, but uh, not quite as bad as a dude whose superpower is he has a, you know, a super flute that he plays. Like, that's just... Redonkulous. Yeah, I mean, him and Fry could have a flute off in Futurama. <laughs> oh, with flies, uh, or flies with Fry's uh, the the storytelling flute or whatever it is. Yeah, that he's got. Um, yeah, th- this was this was this was okay. I mean, he was just villain of the week or whatever. But um, he was somebody from uh, Wells' past, and he shed some light on you know some of the events that have previously occurred that have led us to this point. Um. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's weird. It's hard to tell where they're going with uh, the Reverse Flash character. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what what do you think they're setting up for exactly? Because it's it seems like I mean, clearly he's the enemy of the Flash, but <laughs> at the same time, he's very intent on being. It's clear that he's trying to save Barry for something. Maybe not save him, but save him for a moment or something like that. Like, there, there's got to be a moment that he is saving him for. You know, like Harry Potter, where Harry Potter had to be alive until the right moment when he gets killed. Oh, so he's Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not exactly the main villain, but he will yeah. set him out as a calf for slaughter. Yeah, I mean, he is a... He Which is a, makes sense that Snape would be Joe Wet. Wow. Yeah, we're really crossing the street. Yeah, we, I think you're onto something. <laughs> the uh, uh, so we're. I mean, I don't know. Where do you where do you think they're kind of going with it here? Francisco is really similar to Weasley. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, and, and Catelyn. And, Ka- and Caitlin Snow is the serious, you know, 
smartsy Hermione. It was very good looking, but uh, can be a little annoying at times. <laughs> well, yeah. actually, she's a lot more annoying than Emma Watson is. Emma Watson was was a, is a much better actress, but uh, that's that's beside the point. Uh, we're yeah. just aligning characters here. Yeah, I I really want to delve into this sometime better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I uh, um, I for me it's. I get since he didn't kill Thon. I think it's obviously he's probably a descendant of Thon, which is what makes sense with the name because of uh, Thon being the Reverse Flash, mm-hmm. um, and whatever the revenge is against the Flash, I don't know. Um, the other idea I had was that, and it wouldn't work because, um, as maybe he could be the Kid Flash grown up. Uh, because the Kid hmm. Flash does have a yellow suit, but the Kid Flash's name is Wally West. Yeah. And unless they plan on pulling a Fantastic Four uh, type of casting, um, I don't see how ethically it's possible for him to look like that. Right. Uh, I just I was just kind of thinking about it as I was watching today. It's got to be interesting. Um, but I know I would say he's probably a descendant, and his he wants some sort of revenge. And the thing about Eddie Thon is he or Thon he wants he very specific type of revenge against Barry he wants Barry to basically unravel and be his own undoing yeah uh, which is what kind of happens during the crisis so I can see it being that which if it if he is from the future I really kind of hope they throw Booster Gold in because he's super corny and cheesy and he would just fit right into the show because <laughs> uh, he's all about being super famous and a superhero because he just has stuff from the future, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Uh, but no, I, I, I think that's what it is. It's, I mean, with Thon, it, it's, it's about having a very specific type of revenge that the flash has to be his own undoing, uh, very poetic. So I would see it like that. But the weird thing is, is there are like very distinct moments of seeing Tom Cavanaugh's face where he like, there is a kinship like yeah there it really to me it seems super obvious that he cares for him mm-hmm. and that maybe this whole thing is just he maybe he really is just trying to make him stronger and faster because the real reverse flash will come into the picture oh, i don't know maybe maybe um but it's just and having that built up aggression of going against the uh you know the suit that he has and, but um, but I mean, he taps into the speed force just like Thon. So I don't I don't know. He may want he may be one of the other reverse flashes. He may not specifically be Professor Zoom, right. but I don't know. There, it's just it's it just seems really obvious that he is, um, considering he is a doctor, and I'm sure at one time was a professor. Like I, I just I can't see how he isn't, but I kind of hope that he's not. Uh, so I think last week we gave both of us gave. Uh, Revenge of the Rogues, like a very soft two and a half, I think, something yeah. like that. What would you give? What would you give uh, this week here's episode? Uh, I would say like a three ish. Um, it wasn't, and I, I mean, uh, you know, I can't say three and a half because I think the last episode of Gotham was far better. Uh, so having kept that mighty that rating in mind, I can't give it that. But mm-hmm. no, it was okay. I mean, it was a solid, okay episode. It wasn't, it wasn't too offensive. It wasn't god awful <laughs> like the last one. So yeah, no, it was. I thought it was okay. Yeah, and some of the Iris West stuff was 
was interesting, but um, again, I, I just don't really care for her. She's just, to me, she's just a tart who really wants attention. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It just, to me, it, I feel like they should just move on. Like, I feel like they've done the thing that they're going to do with her and Barry for right now, and they should just separate. The, like, if she disappeared from the show for several episodes um it would be an improvement as we saw with the uh selena kyle character in gotham she disappeared well, for like three episodes and it was a great stretch of episodes i think the problem is is they're trying to do the okay ultimately we know in the comics that barry allen ends up with iris west just like oliver queen ends up with laurel lance sure uh they're tr- you know it's like playing the long game with their relationship but there is no felicity for him for us to root for him to be with right now like Caitlin's not him because she's way too hung up on Ronnie who isn't dead. And apparently, you know, the Pied Piper knows where he's at Sure, and what he is. So he was at the villains. He was at the villains meeting or whatever. Yeah. And... Yeah. He is a part of the rogues gallery or the rogues. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I just don't see it. It's just, it, it doesn't work because there is no other like stopgap girlfriend, which I know they show next week where it's all about sex and stuff, but there is just no that constant, you know, love interest that the fans want him to be with. And I think that's kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, three, a solid three. It was uh, uh, nice of them to find their uh, their traction again this week. It wasn't it wasn't amazing or blow away or anything like that, but it was a, a totally serviceable uh, episode. That... It was like what how the show should have come back on. Like this should have been the episode they came back from their break. Yeah, like it, it had it some solid like. footing. It was like, okay, footing. welcome back. We're going to get roll going, and it was just, I don't know. Yeah, the first one felt like a bit of a, a hiccup. Yeah, like a little, a, a bit of a roadblock or something. I don't know. Like, you can have filler episodes, because they all do when you're having 23 episodes, but your first episode back from a, your first couple episodes back from a break shouldn't be fillers. Right. No, I agree. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, with you, um, <laughs> just like well, well played, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, now we're going to talk about Arrow season three, episode eleven, based off the M eighty three song "Midnight City." You saved my life. Your concern should be for your home. And what has become of it in your absence? A criminal organization headed by Danny Brickwell has been on a crime spree unlike anything since Al Capone. We need help. We need it now. I know where to find the canary. It is our home that is under attack. No! I guess we're even now. Serious space now, because this is a more serious show. This episode, by the way, not based off of the M83 song Midnight City. I know, they even uh, play it once. Uh, they really should have, yeah. Yeah, especially a nightclub. Like, they have a nightclub. There was the a show. nightclub scene, but maybe it was, maybe it would have been, uh, it would have destroyed the universe, because I'm guessing, because I think the, 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 the nightclub scene was a flashback, right? Uh, oh, yeah, the one they were in, yeah, that was that was a flashback. But I uh, know, I mean, like, Verdant is, like, it's a nightclub, and it is a part of the main set. You could have just had it on casually. I mean. Um, so, hey, we're back to doing this right away, just reading the flashbacks right off the get-go. 
Uh, in flashbacks, Masio makes a deal with China White to give her the counterpart to her virus in exchange for Tatsu. That's what happened in the flashbacks. <laughs> um, can we please put Oliver back on the island or just bring him home? Or I, I don't know. Um, I mean, last week, I think the flashbacks played a part. I think, uh, uh, I mean, they did play a part, uh, in last week's episode, they need to get back to that <laughs> and then having uh there was a time Glenn, I think in the show where the flashbacks yeah, it was called tied two in heavily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about midnight city here. Tatsu informs Oliver, who is now kind of back up on his feet, uh, after having died. Doesn't Oliver, doesn't Oliver kind of have like a dream or whatever? Yeah, he has a dream that he kisses Felicity, and then he starts puking out blood. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was wondering what was happening. I'm like, was, oh, they're doing a flashback of like this, and then blood starts coming out of his mouth. I'm like, oh, this is a horrible dream for Felicity, and then he wakes like, this is a horrible dream for Oliver. Damn. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of like Stan uh, in South Park <laughs> whenever he's with uh, what who is it Wendy or whatever I think. Yeah. Girl. yeah. And he always pukes when he gets too close. Yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. It's like, oh, they make out. And then he's just like, and blood starts pouring out of his mouth. Uh, so anyway, Oliver's awake. And Tatsu informs him that his will to live and because science, Glenn, the cold temperature of the mountains uh, were the only reasons he survived. Um, so apparently, he, So was he not dead? I guess not. Because if he was dead... He wouldn't have a will to live. Uh, I mean, you could you can definitely make the argument that if the if the mountain was cold enough, it would preserve his body. Um, so there's no way he was dead. He just would have. Um, although I'm relatively certain he was shirtless as well. Look, it's just um, they brought him back to life, and the reason sucks. <laughs> unless they come up with a new reason, or it's it's well, further. Ex- pit. Yeah, that would have been a good reason. Yeah, I mean, if unless it's further explained, the reason is. He was stabbed right through his, I, presumably right through his heart, but he was he was mortally wounded and then kicked well, from a very high he, height. He had he had his throat slit slightly, and then he was stabbed in like the kidney slash appendix. Yeah, and then kicked off of a very high point on a mountain, and laid there for presumably a very long time. So if the if the wounds from the knife had not killed him, the exposure to the elements would have killed him. In which case, he would not have a will to live. I don't know. This was a very poor reason to bring him back to life. Uh, by essentially, I, th- I, I mean, I guess they're saying he was never really dead. Yeah, which kind of takes dead. which kind of takes the sting out of the end of the climb. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's a that's a. I don't know if that counts as nitpicky or like that's a real point of contention. I don't know. Uh, Oliver warns Masio that Rachel Ghoul will see this act of betrayal uh, on his part and kill him for it. Uh, and uh, Masio seems okay with this, I guess. Uh, while Oliver attempts to rest and heal, members of the League of Assassins arrive, which forces Masio and Tatsu to kill them to protect Oliver. Uh, Masio cuts himself so that Rachel will believe that Oliver escaped. Meanwhile, back in the city, Roy and Diggle uh, are chastising Laurel heavily to uh, to not continue to be the canary. Um, I believe she gets into like a fight where she kind of can't handle herself. And then uh, Roy has to parkour his way in and beat the guy up. Uh, and then, then they chastise her. They're just like, look, you're not her. And she's like, well, yeah, I know, because she's dead. And Oliver is dead. So somebody's got to step up and do something, I think is her point. Um, 
the uh, the Brickernaut kidnaps the. Uh, <laughs> he actually is basically the Brickernaut, yeah. Yes. Uh, kidnaps the city's aldermen, but when Laurel and Roy track him down, uh, the Brickernaut escapes and kills one of the aldermen <laughs> in retaliation. That's who he is from now on. Uh, in exchange for the remaining aldermen, uh, Brickernaut demands that all police presence evacuate the glades for good. The team is about. Uh, the team is able to locate the aldermen and successfully rescue them. But the mayor still agrees to remove the police after Brickernaut reveals that he has targeted every legislative body member, bitch. Meanwhile, Felicity rejoins the team and provides Ray with the missing piece for his Adam exosuit. Oh, and that DJ, by the way, that uh, wanted to work for Verdant earlier, way back when, the really talented one was really snarky. He's like, I wasn't he the one who was like, you know, I don't, uh, I don't interview or whatever it is that he does. Um, he was the douche who did that, right? And then she just had to have him. I think I'm right on this, but I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, he was. Uh, he was the DJ that was so good he didn't need to interview for his own fucking job. <laughs> Um, he's like, you should just hire me based off of my name or whatever. Uh, anyway, he's revealed to be a spy for the League of Assassins. Uh, he informs Masio that Malcolm Merlin has chosen not to leave Sterling, Starling City. Uh, so there you go. Um, okay, I'm glad that you ended on that because I, I, you reminded me of something I needed to bring up while watching The Flash. Okay, go Do ahead. Do you have the same problem as far as formatting from the CW? Like, I don't get to read if there are subtitles, I don't read them because right. they're not on my TV screen. I do not get subtitles now. Like it'll, it just, it just cuts it off, right? Actually, you know what? I'm, I maybe I did get subtitles. I don't know. Because no, really like remember. I get them, but they're like the first line. Oh is, no, no, no! I get the full subtitles, sir. I, I don't like the, the casting and everything. I, I don't know what it is. I guess because I have a super fancy TV, it doesn't format to it, but. I'm, huh. I get really irritated when I watch a CW program that has subtitles because I never get to watch them because they're all because the credits are not formatted to fit my screen. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah. You so like some kind of curved 4K television, Glenn? No, I mean, it's it's a 65 inch Samsung smart, you know, 3D LED TV. I mean, it's it's nice, but it's not the newest thing. No, it's a nice TV, actually. I've tried so. I've tried messing with it like on my TV. I've changed the ratio, but I guess it's just the feed I get. I don't know. Weird. It's really irritating. So if there is I have I'm I mean, I kind of get the gist of it just by like facial expressions and it could the fact be your that local cw network could, could be probably. responsible for it yeah yeah i mean they used to do upn so um <laughs> yes <laughs> that's probably the problem that says all there needs to be said i think actually uh okay so what, what did you think of what did you think of midnight city um i liked it i actually didn't have a huge problem with the flashbacks uh although they didn't give us anything i did like seeing masio just be like dude I thought that was the poison. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so I kind of like that moment. And uh, I mean, it was I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was an OK episode. Um, you know, Laurel Lance got her ass kicked several times, which is nice because it seemed like early on they kind of had her good. doing too well. Yeah. And I like that she wasn't winning the other problem. But the problem I have with that is that they're not having Wildcat and it helped. Because you would think he would want to step in yeah. at some point in this show. Uh, 
And then I just thought it was weird that the guy who has like the most training as far as whooping ass is the guy behind the computer on these until Felicity comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really didn't like Felicity at all in this show, this episode. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand like she has feelings for Ray, but like they really push it in there that she just loves Oliver. Mm-hmm. And it just seems real. I mean, I, I guess grief, you know, makes you horny, whatever, but <laughs> oh, that's it just a, seems yeah, that's, really that's... odd. Like, <laughs> they they're telling and feeding us information that her actions are going contrary to. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, every time I hear that <laughs> grief makes you horny, uh, that's a uh, tattooed on my ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, the um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Is it a point of contention? Did you even think about like the, this uh, this line of dialogue when Oliver wakes up from his from his nightmare or whatever? Because uh, you know what, I, I didn't even really think about it until I was re- going back through the episode just now as I was talking about it, and it really stuck out to me. Like, wow! So he he didn't die then because they never actually. I mean, unless they're going to explain something, right? Unless there's an episode, uh, you know, like next week or something, where he's like, you know, I remember listening to you talk about this and uh, the will to live and the cold temperature. It's like, but my throat was slit and I was impaled through my bare chest and uh it's kicked off a mountainside i i'm pretty sure i didn't have a will to live at that point so how did i come back and then maybe they'll have some sort of you know explanation a lazarus pit or that weird uh that weird dagger or something that uh tatsu has in the in at least one iteration of the books or something like that um maybe they will the reveal- will to live was given to him by the specter that'd be something i'd want to see there you go uh but i mean does that really stick out to you as much as it's sticking out to me is it's it, like it, it did not ruin the episode for me but it and until they unless they explain it further it's kind of just like a, oh he wasn't dead huh. yeah if he wasn't like completely you know dead you know cold as i mean obviously he was cold he was in the mountains uh but you know you know, freaking on a cold slab, then I'll be, I'll be kind of upset. I'll feel a little cheated. Uh, but all in all, I mean, it to me, it's not that big of a deal because I can still go back to be like, that was still a damn good moment. <laughs> oh no, it was, uh, it was a great. It was still moment. ballsy to even just hint at him, the main lead being fucking slaughtered like that. Uh, was was pretty pretty interesting. But no, I had just uh. No, I, I can overlook it pretty easily. I still, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. It's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of a shame is all. Like, look, I, I still, uh, I, I can still feel the emotion in the Kirk and or the, the Spock death scene in Star Trek 2, even though I know that they completely null and voided that by just bringing him back to life in the movie after that. Uh, it kind of took away a lot of the, uh, a lot of the oomph behind that scene, but that doesn't really take away how good the scene was. And if you put yourself in the moment of that scene and just kind of pretend, allow yourself to forget that the other movie exists for a minute, you can really still get into the scene or whatever. I think you could probably still do that with uh, the climb episode. Uh, If you just sort of, you know, if all it ever turns out to be is that, Oh, Oliver was never really that dead. um, Then, you know, you, you can just put that out of your head for a moment and still just really enjoy how awesome that was. Uh, did you eventually see it with uh, all Star Wars? Did you ever see that video? Because it's 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 almost just as good when it's all Star Wars. No, I still haven't watched it. I forgot about it. 
I will send you the link to the video or something after, after we're done here. Uh, so, um, let's see here. Um, at, uh, oh, before we go, uh, the Adam thing, presumably we're going to see the Adam, uh, I, I'm guessing before the end of the season, one would, I would, uh, I would hope so. One would, one would guess. Um, and you're saying he's kind of like the Ant-Man, I guess. Yeah. He can go really small. Um, and the evil version of it was terrifying, having read the new 52, where the uh, flip side evil version female uh, part of him will go in your brain and scramble it and leave you catatonic and just kill you. So wow. he can do that. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, he's like the, he goes he becomes really small, I mean, subatomic and just kind of does things that way. And he but he doesn't, to my knowledge, he generally doesn't become very large. Uh, like Ant Man can, so right. that's ridiculous. Yeah, he doesn't like talk to bugs or anything, but he just beca- he can become the size of an atom. So that's kind he, of his deal. He gets really small, but he is like super. But he's like just as strong as like his normal weight. Like I, I'm just picturing him punching DNA inside like someone's body. Yeah, uh, well, like there's a thing like he can fight you, but it's it's the strength of him as a normal sized man. And so you're like getting the shit beat out of you by a flea kind of thing. <laughs> you have no idea where the attack is coming from. Okay, sir. So uh, a rating for Midnight City. Uh, like a like a very 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 soft three and a half. Okay. Like I liked it better than the Flash, but. So like, like again, again, I really like the last episode of Gotham, but I didn't want to give it a four. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, three, three point two five. Yeah. Three and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of right there with you. Like this was just more kind of building. Uh, I am happy that they did not do what we thought they were going to do, which was the return of Oliver at the end of this episode. It appears that he's going to be returning in the next episode. And apparently it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, it look, it did look very cool. Um, so, so this was totally fine, uh, but it was kind of just setting up. Yeah. Next episode, which I'm expecting to be uh, very strong. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it a like a like a three and a quarter, you know, soft three and a half or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, how's about we close this podcast up for the week, sir? We've we've reached our 30 minute quota that we do on these these <laughs> episodes. Uh, and let's say that uh, Glenn and I will be back next week talking The Flash, Season 1, Episode 12, Crazy for You, and Arrow, Season 3, Episode 12, called Uprising. Uprising.